Hello, hello. I had to rush up so you didn't have to clap for too long, but uh, please have a seat. And uh, George said I might have to introduce myself a bit. Um, I'll, I'll be very brief about that because I've got a timer running in my pocket and it'll buzz and uh, then I'll stop and Jill will be um, having a, a bit of time with us this morning. I want to uh, look at some scripture in just a minute and speak about some things that the kingdom of God is and the kingdom of God isn't. So uh, we, we know from the scripture and we know from life experience uh, some things uh, about it. We know that uh, it's possible to see it. Uh, unless you're born again, you can't see it, the Bible says. Uh, we know that it's possible to enter it. Uh, unless you're born again, the Bible says you can't enter it, for example. Uh, we know that it's come amongst us uh, because Jesus came amongst us and he, and he, he was the uh, personification of the kingdom and uh, he, we also know that it's within us because he told us within us. So there's quite a few things we can get at uh, to see what it is, but we can also get at some things to see what it isn't. And I think it's a good educational approach to uh, have ourselves sorted out on what it is, and uh, that helps us to know what it isn't. Then it's good for us to be sorted out on what it isn't so that we can have an idea of what it is. Are we good with that? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, so my name is Donald Kingsley Smith. I have uh, two names in common with Jordan. Uh, our, our first name is different. Uh, one of us is the parent of the other, and uh, I, I'm the older bloke, so it must be me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm uh, married to the awesome uh, Jill here, Jill Margaret Smith, and she was born in the year that the Queen was coronated. Uh, that's the, the Queen that just had her birthday recently, remember, and all the flash stuff on TV. Uh, also, it's the same year as the uh, bloke on the $5 note uh, did the famous thing that got his name there, face there. Yeah? Who's that? Yeah, what did he do? Climbed a mountain, that's, yep, it's good answering, wow, and uh, yeah, so that, that, that bloke, the, um, and that happened in 1953 as well, so a famous year, uh, Ed, Ed did that, Liz did that, and Jill got born, yep, so she, she we'll say she's the monk, younger person amongst the three of them, yeah, so uh, that, that's great, so uh, we're based in Auckland these days, we have uh, uh, been around the place, we've lived in a lot of places, I was raised in a, uh, uh, let's say a mobile Christian missions family, and so we lived all around the place, and um, my elder brothers and sisters, got two older brothers, two older sisters, all born in different towns, and uh, when I uh, launched off into my educational career on a formal basis, that is, I attended primary school, aged five, I did so in rural Waikato, so I started off as a country school, uh, then went to Palmerston North and had a town school. Anybody been in rural Waikato? Yeah, somebody, anybody in Palmerston North? Yes, I was still five by the time I got to Palmerston North, and uh, then after a little while, we went to Christchurch. Anybody went to Christchurch? Yes, and I went to Paparaa Street School. Uh, then we went to Dunedin, and I went to the one at St Kilda, Tahuna School there, and uh, then we shifted house not long after we got there, I went to St Clair School. And by that time, I had been to five schools, and I was eight years old, so I tell people I, I am broadly educated. Yeah, <laughs> let's say almost nationwide. <laughs> and, been a few places, done a few things, yeah, played in a few school playgrounds and uh, so on like that. So that's a little bit about me. And so we've kind of been wanderers, but we've settled down. We had quite a number of uh, very good years in Wellington. Uh, we, in fact, we came to live in Paraparamu three times. Uh, we went there uh, at one time and uh, Jordan got born and then we went to away and did some other things. Went to Australia, actually. So Jordan was about four months old when we went to Australia and... Uh, he kind of grew up there, and that's why he's, you know, Australian's a bit... <laughs> what can I say? <laughs> have to be... Oh, awesome, yes! <laughs> Some people have things to say about Australians, don't they? But uh, we, we want to be kind. And um, 
So I grew up several years there, and our youngest two children are Australian-born. So we've got a couple of Aussie boys in the line-up there, and they're awesome fellas as well. So our oldest two, our eldest daughter, Carly, and she's... Um, so we, we really have two children who are pastors and been ordained by the various groups, and younger two guys are rock stars. So that's kind of the production, really. All excellent people. Um, all incredibly well behaved and uh, all bid, biddable and you know kind uh, to their parents and and other people yeah yeah <laughs> anyway uh, uh, enough said for just now and uh, great to be here thanks George for the invitation actually I think this invitation was sometime late last year landed for a date earlier on in the year and uh, it clashed with the fact that someone else was uh, using this room I think it might have been great room isn't this a great room come in here and thought whoa what a great place for a church Anyway, I want to talk to you a little bit about the Bible before my time runs out, and uh, also to, and there was one guy I noticed, who was the guy that was sitting just over here before, and uh, are you still in the room? Not just there now? Isaiah, was it? Oh, okay, yeah, all right. Might uh, catch up with him tonight, I just, uh, the Lord give me a bit of a nudge about some stuff to say to him, and uh, so I'll see how we go, I might save it up. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about... Um, uh, the kingdom of God. I mentioned that already, so I want to actually uh, give you a, a, a little statement from the Apostle Paul. And uh, he said some things like this, the kingdom of God is not in meat, that is the stuff we would eat, nor drink anything, right? Uh, nor is it in uh, holy days, new moons, Sabbaths, but it is in love and peace and joy in the Holy Ghost. So there's the Apostle Paul. Uh, those of you who are Bible scholars will realize that that's a hybrid scripture. It's not in one place in the Bible, it's in two. That's in Romans 14 and Galatians 2. Hybrid scriptures are very interesting. Uh, they're a great way to answer some stuff. I know a few years ago, Jill was unwell and, uh, and got a really bad diagnosis from the uh, medical profession. And scary one. It's the one, sort of the ones you die of, right? And then, anyway, she was, went out and after that was in the waiting room and, and sought the Lord and said, well, Lord, that's what they say. What do you say? And of course, what people say, give, I give honor and due to everybody with medical degrees. I, I understand that it's a very clever thing. It's very hard to do. Anybody with a medical degree in the room today? Yeah. We don't have a medical school in town here, do we? Yeah, you'd like one. Okay. I will just step up here and I'll give you the certificate. Eh? <laughs> yeah. So I, I, I think that it's really important that we honor the Lord and our hearts go to heaven. But at the same time, it's good to uh, honor scholarship and study and skill sets. So uh, the medical profession of that, and, and uh, Jill uh, went away and, and got a real answer from the Lord and, it, and was clear about it. And then realized when she started looking up, realized it was a Bible verse. Uh, there was actually two Bible verses. Now, does this happen often? Well, I've just done it this morning. That happened, and then, but Jesus did it. So in our church recently, uh, we've been studying the theme Aroha Nui. Some of you know that's a uh, New Zealand Maori word. It means roughly translated big love. So the love of God, the greatness of God that caused the world to be formed and he's the uh, ruler of creation and the king of kings, the father of all. Uh, that God, that fella, the one with the big capital G, not the religious bloke that you might hear about and that people make shrines and altars to and it dwells in the religious department of your mind, right? I, I reckon we want to um, actually cancel that out. I think if anything's in the religious department of your mind, can I just suggest you throw it out? I'm not being nasty here, but then close the door, you know, clean it up, use the room for something else. 
Yep. Because the Lord never intends to be in some department of your mind. He's King of kings, Lord of lords, in all and through all. Everything was made by him. Nothing was made that wasn't. No part of your life exists to be some little thing where God gets stored away. He's uh, out and about. He's alive and well in planet Earth uh, at Wellington High School and in this city. Uh, Where else is he alive and well? Actually, he might be alive and well in many churches. It's not a certainty. Yep, truly isn't. Uh, He might be alive and well in all kinds of places. Uh, Where does he mean to be alive and well? Everywhere. Everywhere. In all, through all. Right? He means to be alive and well in the world of the creative arts, dance and drama, what I call the mad subjects, music, arts, arts and drama. Yeah, yeah. Are you a mad guy? Yeah, yeah, there we go. I've got some mad people in the room. Where else does he mean to be alive? He means to be alive in uh, banking and finance, that his rule and his reign would... Uh, I want to square off just one thing. Um, many people get a bit confused about what is the church and what is the kingdom of God. Are they the same? Do they interrelate and all that? And the answer is... No, they're not the same. They might interact, but so should banking and finance. So should the mad subjects relate with the kingdom of God. What's the kingdom of God? His presence, his power, his rule and reign. It's where Christian discipleship happens. What's that? Christos, Christian presence of God. We all ought to be Christian disciples. Bible tells us we should be making them. Yeah, or I say the first one to make a Christian disciple, make me one. Right, that's the best shot you've got as well. If you want to make a Christian disciple, start with yourself. See how you go. Right? You might be like me, you find it actually quite hard. (laughs) Yeah? Especially the other bit. Sometimes people find that the presence of God part, you know, is not so hard. Some people find that actually kind of difficult. You know, the intimacy part's difficult. Some people find the other bit, the disciple bit, you know, a bit of discipline. Yeah, yeah, we 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 want both, we need both. Yeah. And we start with ourselves. Where else might be the kingdom of God? Well, it, it could be in education. Uh, it mightn't be, particularly in our nation. We've got laws against it, right? We like, we've had a history where actually there's a time in New Zealand where all schools were Christian schools. Yep, it's not now. Uh, most schools aren't, and even the ones who aren't are have to be really careful and a bit politically correct about what they do with their subjects and so on. Uh, where else might the kingdom of God be? Actually, he might be in the trades and the professions. He might be in amongst the legal guys. He might be amongst the builders. What is it? It's the presence and the power of God. It's disciplines that relate. Uh, It could result at the end of some period in a moral life, but that's not the main thing. Moral life's a byproduct of doing something else. Yeah, and what's the church? Well, it's, it's actually real simple. Church is a society of people. In what way is it different from the bowling club? Well, actually, it mightn't be. Should be. Why? Because the kingdom of God should be amongst it. Yeah, but I have to understand they're different. It's not automatically there, but it might be. And uh, I think that as we uh, work through this. So there's a couple of things that I wanted to say really about what it is and what it isn't and the distinctives of it. And wouldn't it be so good if the kingdom of God, I say for me, was just rocking through my life in such an awesome way. It was flowing out of me all over the place. I become a bit like the apostle Peter, who's a shadow passing by someone, causes them to be healed. Why would that be? Well, because the kingdom of God was just all over him, flowing out. And Yeah, what about you? Yeah, you'd like to have a kingdom of God hanging around you like that? Yeah, I, I think that we want more of that. I think most people kind of do. I want to say it can be a bit scary, right? 
This is the great God we're talking about. He is the king of the universe, the rule of all creation. Actually, when people are fronted up to God, frequently, it's a little bit scary, right? Is he loving and kind and all the rest of it? Yeah, he is. But he's pretty straight up about his purposes as well. It's kind of both, yeah? <laughs> is this gentleness, sweetness, and kindness? Well, yeah. Is it firm and rigid and, yeah, yeah okay, both. So uh, I, I did uh, ha- have a look in uh, thinking about this in uh, hybrid scriptures. I thought it would just be interesting to uh, sort of round off with uh, a little part that uh, Jesus said. So words of Jesus now. Some of the people come and ask him, so we might have said this morning, if we're starting, what is the kingdom of God and uh, what isn't it? And so that's my little presentation for five minutes about what it is and isn't for today. But if we go a little bit further with that, somebody comes to Jesus and says to him, okay, Rabbi, what's the greatest commandment? You know what he does? He gives a hybrid answer. He says to them, and you probably all know what he says, he says to them, what does he say? Love the Lord your God with? Yeah, all your heart and mind and strength and soul, and I love the Message Bible, and all your muscle. Huh? Come on, put a bit of grunt into loving God. Yeah? And we've got to actually learn what the word means these days because we've been overwhelmed uh, with what Hollywood says it is. Nearly everybody in the room, I'll bet you, if we mention the word love, you probably think it's got something to do with sex. Yep. Why do we think that? That's because the media has told us that, the surveys of the nation tell us that, if you get anything coming through uh, in the education system. Where do we get that from? Uh, We got it from the famous prophet of the world, Los Angeles, Spanish prophet. The angels, yeah? What happens in the city of the angels? Well, they put out messages because that's what messengers do. What is one of the great messages? Well, it's called romantic love. And it was what we mostly understand by the word love in modern times. We've got to relearn it. If we've just learned it from our society, the media, we think it's what Hollywood thinks it is, yeah? And it got invented in 1935. It's called romantic love as presented by Hollywood. So the messengers, the angels have been out there giving us those messages. That's the same year, incidentally, as Steamboat Willie was produced by a man named Walt Disney. Great year that was. They reckon as well, you and I, our understanding of the modern meaning of Christmas. Yeah, I went to a marketing course years ago as a marketing guy and um, they tell you all sorts of interesting things about the background history. And one of the uh, great things about the Coca-Cola company Anybody heard of the Coca-Cola company? Yeah, the, they're the ones that make their brown drink. Used to actually co- contain cocaine, right? The Federal Drug Administration made them take it out in 1904. They weren't allowed to have actual cocaine in it anymore. But you can see it's still in the name, yep, because they, they thought that was too much of a high. You've know, got to calm it down and, and stir everybody up in something more, more gentle way. Let's have still a stirring up but you're not allowed to have cocaine in there. So that was, became illegal after 1904. Just a bit of history of marketing. Uh, but their, their actual plan and what they, the marketing guys will say is that Christmas as we understand it in modern life was invented by the Coca-Cola company in, you have it, yes, 1935, end of the Great Depression. So a little bit of history of why we are strongly influenced by our society. Of course we are. We live there. We're raised by parents who were living in our society, right? Where did they get it from? Well, they were raised by parents living in our society, yeah? So it just tracks for a long track back to there. And uh, I think I've just about exhausted my uh, time that I've allowed this morning and also the things that I thought would just be good to say about what the kingdom of God is and what it isn't. 
Now, Jesus, and I mentioned that hybrid thing, and we all got the answer right. Love the Lord with all your heart and all your soul and all your mind and strength. What else did he say? And love your neighbor yourself. In doing that, was he making it up? Did Jesus make that up, that answer? Actually, he quoted scripture. He quoted Deuteronomy 6 at first, then part two, the neighbor bit, he quoted Leviticus 19. So uh, in my making it up, what is the kingdom of God? Uh, I'm picking the Apostle Paul in Romans 14 and the Apostle Paul again in Galatians 2. And we've got a hybrid scripture. The kingdom of heaven is not in meat, nor drink, nor holy days, nor Sabbath, nor new, new moons. So it's not religious festivals, not about what you eat, what you don't eat. It's not about all of that other stuff, not re- observing religious days. It's about love and joy in the Holy Ghost. Are, are you good? Can I pray for you this morning just before? I, I want to stop now and uh, let, let Jill have a good time because she's a good amount of time. And so we will have a good time. So we'll have a good Kronos time. She'll have a longer time. And we'll have a good Kairos time. So a bit of, a bit of couple of Greek things there. We all know about Kronos, don't we? Because we measure it. But most of us like to have a Kairos time because that's when you have a good time and it's not about whether you have two minutes or five minutes or half an hour. I'll just pray. Lord, I pray for this awesome p- group of people here. And I pray, Lord, for the kingdom of heaven to come in amongst this fellowship, this church, this a group of believers at Quippers Church in Wellington. Lord, we pray, Father, for strengthening might and power in the Holy Ghost for Jordan and Chrissy especially and everybody else who's in the scrum pushing the whole thing forward. Lord, we pray that there will be an enormous success for the kingdom of heaven amongst this group in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Chili. Uh, I'd like to introduce Jill Margaret Smith and she's an excellent preacher of the gospel and uh, she's been married to me for quite a, a long time. I'm the older, older one amongst us. She's just a young, young person by comparison. Uh, that said, we are both children of the second half of the 20th century. He's cute, eh? <laughs> we seem to major in quirkiness and many people that I know. <laughs> Great to see you today. If you, if you didn't sort of have it in the front of your mind. I just want to put this out there. God loves Wellington with this amazing personal love. Every time I come here, I get such a sense that um, God's purposes aren't, you know, you can think of it like a strategy or a blueprint. And sometimes we talk about the kingdom, you know, that there are heavenly blueprints or plans or some people I know do anyway. But, but God isn't like an architect exactly. No, God is right here, right now, personally involved in what Don was saying, causing the kingdom and the good government of God to increase and fill everything, everywhere. And, and Wellington isn't an also-ran. God is somehow so personally involved here, and he can do it everywhere. That's the awesome thing, because he's God. But God is... Uh, here with Wellington as his number one today, as his top priority, his purpose is here. Don't ask me how that can be the case. And in Pukekohe this morning, I know he's there with Pukekohe as his number one priority. Yeah, that's his godness can do that. I just want, um, right now, uh, just close your eyes. And I just want you to connect your faith with God because God has positioned you people here in Wellington for kingdom purpose. Yeah, his kingdom purpose in you is awesome, but that always leads to his kingdom purpose through you. 
Yeah. So you guys have been handpicked by God to see the kingdom of God come here in a radical way, as the scripture des- describes it, that his glory would cover and fill the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. I just had this picture while we were praising the Lord before of up in the hills here in Wellington. You Just as you're connecting with the Lord, you imagine this. And up in the hills, sort of over there somewhere, I, I just had this picture that there's this massive reservoir. So this is kind of prophetic talk, but it gives pictures of kingdom action in the invisible realm that make a difference in the visible realm. So up in the the hills, there's this basin, and it's filled to the brim with water, like a massive dam that has had floodwaters running into it. And it's just tipping the brink of the dam, and the dam is about to overflow. And the glory of the Lord that is like water on the earth that rushes from high places and fills basins and low places... um, The glory of God is coming into Wellington like that. A move of God is coming into this region that is like a dam overflowing and filling every low place with the goodness, the glory, and the government of God. Whether you feel that today or not in terms of excitement or anticipation in your spirit is irrelevant in one way because it's not about our feelings, but I want to put it out to you. If you can engage your faith with that as a now word for your city, faith will begin to arise and your way of living as a kingdom believer will change because you'll be swept up in the purpose that you're meant to be swept up in. You're not here taking up space. You're here by divine appointment for such a time as this. Is there a single amen in the room about that? God is here, and there's a tipping point that you are at as a city where God's glory is about to be released. So let me just read a scripture and and share a, a few thoughts, preach a few preachings, and um, see what happens. Ephesians chapter 1. If you get a chance, in fact, make yourself a date with the book of Ephesians. I'm just going to touch on it today. But Ephesians is an amazing book that encapsulates the big picture of God. But also it is a kingdom book because it shows how the big picture of the glory of God that's above and beyond all, it's about his throne, it's about angels and all sorts of crazy creatures in heaven worshipping and doing who knows what else. But it connects that with the real world and it describes how the kingdom comes to live on earth and spread out. Read it in a sitting and ask God to open your eyes to those divine connections between out there and you here and now. But I just want to read a bit from Ephesians 1, which is the way out there, faith-lifting, prophetic picture of the kingdom coming. And then we'll talk about connecting it with here and now. Ephesians 1, starting in verse 3. Praise be to the God and Father, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in heavenly realms 
with every blessing in Christ. We dwell in heavenly realms, so we live in every blessing in Christ in heavenly places. But as Jordan said before, we have to lift up in faith to connect and experience that in real life rather than it just being a promise over us. For he chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us for adoption into sonship through Jesus Christ. I want you to listen to all the relationship words in here. We've been adopted into sonship through Jesus Christ in accordance with God's pleasure and will for the praise of his glorious grace, which he's freely given us in the one he loves. In him, relationship, we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. He made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ. And listen to this, to be put into effect in Wellington in 2016 as a fulfillment of bringing unity between heaven and earth. I, I just changed that a little bit. But that is what it means for you guys, Equipus Church Wellington, here and now. It actually says to put into effect, to be put into effect when the times reach their fulfillment. The times have reached their fulfillment. Don't be waiting. Don't be waiting on pie in the sky, but lift up into heavenly places till your spirit comes alive enough to connect your mind with what's really true about you and what's going on around you. I have to do that several times every day. There's no arriving in faith. Because faith is a moment by moment now thing. I have to lift myself up, as I said several times a day, to reconnect with what's really going on, who I really am, and therefore what I'm meant to be on about and what I'm doing now. To bring unity to all things in heaven and on earth in Christ. The kingdom is advancing forcefully. The kingdom is pouring out like a dam, overflowing, because it's still raining from heaven and filling every vacuum, every deficit, every need in Wellington City and out of Wellington into the nation, because this is a governmental city. Then all of this is so amazing, but I won't read it all. But verse 18 says, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he's called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people, the incomparably great power for us who believe. The same as his mighty strength that raised Christ from the dead, seated him at the right hand in heavenly fathers, far above all rule and authority, power and dominion in every name that's invoked, not only in the present age, but in the one to come. And God placed all things under his feet. Under the feet of Christ, who is our head, and we are his body. All things that are not aligned to the kingdom, to the government of God, that Isaiah 9, as it says, of the increase of his government and peace, there shall be no end. 
all thanks to every other government, every other rule, every other principality, power, lie of the devil, perspective, philosophy, cultural idea, your upbringing, your experience, your brokenness, your pain under our feet. Why? Not because we're going like this and going rah, rah, rah. But no, we are walking and living in the earth now, on the earth now, in your family, in your marriage, in your workplace. You're living on a kingdom platform, which is the higher principle to every other thing. And as we do, where we walk, peace will come. The shoes of the gospel of peace. Peacemaking reconciliation, the restoration of all things comes as we walk in our kingdom identity and authority into the whole world. Now, I've got a whole thing that I want to preach, but I'm just going to touch on a couple of things um, to to highlight this morning. (coughs) That's Ephesians 1. If you flip over to Ephesians 6.10, I don't know if I'm a bit hard to put scriptures on the screen with, but um, Ephesians 6.10 is a famous passage of scripture. (coughs) So that's the beginning. Ephesians 6.10 is towards the end. It's like the bookends of this um, book of the Bible. It says, finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. See, we're talking about kingdoms. Kingdoms have kings. Kingdoms have armies in order to protect and advance the rule of said kingdom. And we know the gospel is all about a kingdom that arose to usurp the higher principle and the great government of God. And we call that the kingdom of darkness. (laughs) There's a clash of kingdoms. And it's not like God and Satan in a boxing ring punching it out and we'll see in the end who wins. It's not that kind of clash of kingdoms. it's, It's a clash of kingdoms because God is so great, loving, kind, good and has such high purposes for the whole earth and all of mankind that he has given us because we're made in his image free will to learn how to 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 lead and rule and reign in our life under his good government or not see it's all about government it's all about rule and we've been given a place of rulership and authority to stand on in our lives every one of us First of all, we've got a platform to rule from as a believer. If you you haven't had an encounter with Jesus that has caused you to be born again by the Spirit yet, you've got a place to stand as a made in the image of God, child of God. And you can take a step into a greater platform of being a son or a daughter of God who's learning how to live in the family of God, yeah, adopted. You've got a place to stand if you're a father. 
a place to rule. It's called your home. It's called your own life. Yeah? You've got a place to stand if you're a friend. You've got a place to stand in your workplace. You've got a place to stand in every realm that God has given you. It's your kingdom. Yeah? And we learn how to rule and reign in their ultimate way in those big, amazing sweeps of almost poetry about the kingdom coming and what happens in the end. We don't learn to do that in a church meeting so much. But we learn how to do that by finding and connecting with God and growing in our identity in him, hearing his voice, being obedient to him, and making kingdom life happen in our standing place. If you're at high school, if you're at uni, as I said, if you're at work, if you're a mum at home with littlies, that is your kingdom to learn to bring the kingdom in. Yeah? But you've got a battle on because there has been this uprising that happened. Yeah? God's won, but he trusts us to learn how to choose him and, and manifest his order around us. He's inviting us into that. We've got an opportunity. The battle is an opportunity. Are you with me? I won't read all that, but it talks about the fact of verse 12. Our struggle's not against flesh and blood, but against rulers, authorities, powers in this dark world, and spiritual forces of evil in heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God. Talks about a helmet for our mind and a, a breastplate for our chest and a shield to put out there. See, the battle isn't an obvious one because we would get that. It's about perspectives. It's about beliefs. You know, there is a devil and there are demons and simply what they do is go around and in a kind of subtle way, they are real because this is part of the kingdom. The kingdom is spiritual and physical and it's not separated. Religion has a dichotomy. Religion has a split that causes craziness. But you are equally physical, emotional, relational, broken, whole, strong, weak, and spiritually awesome in the one person at the one moment. Because the kingdom comes in by the Spirit to people like us. All of the chapters in between, if you read Ephesians, skips from this kingdom thing, talks about being included as in the family of God. The Godhead is in relationship. The Godhead is a family. Talks about us being adopted into a family. And then it talks about this big global awesomeness. And then it gets into talking about relationships between husbands and wives, fathers and children, Slaves and masters, or for us, workers and bosses and, and peer relationships and, and professional relationships. And then it comes to this. Talks about that we're a temple being built together and each one of us is a lively stone. We are being made into God's house for his presence to dwell and flow out from. Talks about the fact that we are a body, the church is Christ's body and he's the head. 
All of those things are about relationships here and now. And my little point, which is a big point, is that you cannot encounter or experience the kingdom apart from relationship. The kingdom is a corporate reality and a corporate experience. We live in a country with worldview perspectives that lift up individualism. They lift up the personal above the corporate. That has got demonic stuff behind it. At least it's an invisible power that's working through culture. Yeah, it's Greek thinking. Greek thinking splits. Our education comes from this Greek kind of source. It's Greek thinking that causes us to be religious instead of free and fully alive and relaxed in God. Because it splits off, oh, I've got to go over here and read my Bible and pray. Oh, I better come over here to my religious room, as Don said, and I better serve in church. Oh, I better come over here. Now, what are we doing? What's Equipus Church? All oh, right, what's our heartbeats? Oh, yeah, I better come over here and think about that for a while. No, that is one of the things we are wrestling against. To summarize, because my time is just about gone, I just want to pick this out. If you think about what you're fighting... Yeah, sometimes you've got to, in your prayer, stand up and say, no weapon formed against me will prosper. Devil, you're messing with my patch because we've got to stand. If you're married, don't let the devil insinuate attitudes, reactions, atmospheres into your relationship that don't belong to kingdom. You've got a right to say, shut up, devil, and back off. But to do that, as Don said, we've got to know what the kingdom isn't and what the kingdom is, or we're just going to be washed over by it. And your family. The devil has got no right to mess with your kids with sickness, with hassles, with problems, with fear you know, nightmares, whatever it is, you stand and begin to exercise your authority and say, not on my patch, not on my watch. Sometimes we've got to stand and there is a demonic attack against it. But I reckon what I want to get at today is the biggest thing is the wash over of perspectives that are not kingdom and we just accept. And I reckon we want to stir each other up sharpen each other up to contend for kingdom government in our thinking. Why do we have a helmet of salvation? The battles for your mind. To contend for kingdom thinking and believing and feeling and relationships in our hearts and stuff. So three things the enemy's after to just to hinder the advancement of the kingdom. The enemy cannot stop it. But the enemy, if you agree with him, and if you align with him, can hinder you experiencing it and actually entering the fullness of kingdom life. Yeah? Three things.
The kingdom is relational. The kingdom is corporate. Unity, togetherness, love, corporateness, family, all of those chapters. Unless you're willing to enter into kingdom relationships and corporate experience, you will not enter into the kingdom. So what does the enemy come against you with? Accusation, offenses, fear is a huge one. There are so many people who used to be in church but are outside church now. They were hurt or bumped or bruised in family life. And they're afraid to come back in and be corporate again. But what's behind that is this wash over of demonic stuff that also says you're fine to be an individual over there. You can pray when you walk the beach Sunday morning. Individualism is a lie of the enemy. It's a perspective that's not kingdom. The enemy will come into every family, every marriage, every church, every Christian person in business to say, don't trust them. Hold back. Put up your walls. Oh, yeah, they are a bit this, they are about that. Any kind of accusation will do. He whispers lies. I want to arm you because the enemy has been trying to do that in the church in our nation. To divide and conquer. Same old thing. I pray God today for these guys that you would sharpen discernment. Every believer in this room. That as Ephesians said, we will contend for the unity of the faith and for family. Yeah, kingdom is relational. Two other things. The whole world belongs to God. Ungodly perspectives will say it's okay for you to have a private spirituality. It's okay for you to get together in the Wellington High School Hall on Sunday. It's okay for you to be as crazy, wild, and out there as you want in that space. But the glory of the Lord sea covers the whole earth as the waters cover the sea. As Don said, every sphere, every area of human life and endeavor, every part of the world, God's kingdom makes claim on that to bring peace and divine order to it. And I will guarantee that there's been spiritual pressure and mental pressure against you living freely, openly, and publicly in your workplace and the public arena as a believer of the Lord. The enemy comes to divide relationship between God and his whole world. We, the church, are his vehicle for bridging the gap, making the connection, and moving out and living kingdom in that space. Okay, that's each of these is 10 million um, messages in their own. And the third one I just want to touch on today. The kingdom is active, powerful, effective, zealous. The kingdom is about the power of the Holy Spirit at work. Now, what that might look like an expression here on Sunday or Sunday night is going to be different to what it looks like when you're in your office on Monday. But in your office on Monday, you can hear God's voice. 
you can carry His anointing. You can manifest His wisdom. You can ask Him for answers to your problems and He will give them to you and you can put them into place. Why? To bring the government of God, the good order of the kingdom to that place. The enemy will contend to have us living up here in our human brain. Happy for us to go through the motions and sing songs. But we need to contend to be Holy Spirit filled, empowered and infused agents in the earth. Yeah, he did all this for the church so that through the church, the kingdom will come. I've used up my time. Just want to read Ephesians 4 as a prayer kind of thing as I finish a little bit from here. Ephesians 4, verse 1. Hey, would you just stand? I I think out of all this kind of stuff I've thrown out, I'm going after this, a demonic assignment to divide us that has real life thinking that feels normal to us as Kiwis. I'm going after this the dichotomy between religion and all of life. That split. The whole world belongs to God. You can live your God life in the public square. And the last one, the powerful presence of the Holy Ghost. Everywhere, all the time, every meeting we have, we should be reaching out for healings, for a breakthrough, for words of knowledge about what we're going to do on Monday, words of wisdom about how to solve that thing, to shift that thing out of our family that seems like an encroachment of darkness and into our kingdom of light. Yeah? Holy Ghost action. We are Holy Spirit people. Because we're a temple, we're a vessel that He fills. And there's no such thing as behaving like a Holy Spirit person in a religious sense. It's not a personality thing. It's not a cultural church expression. It's a living reality. That as I am right now, I'm filled as full as I could ever be with the presence of the Holy Spirit. He's my counselor, my teacher, my God, my guide, my healer. He's my protector. He's all around me. He's the atmosphere around me. He's light. He's not darkness. And everywhere I go, He's going with me to do His thing. And I'm going to do it with Him. Kingdom come. So just stretch out your hands. If you want to respond to any of that stuff, I'm praying for a bringing together whole of stuff the devil's tried to split apart today. A connecting in a greater way with earth and heaven because it's not disconnected in God. I'm going to read this as a prayer and if you want to agree, please do. I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you've received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. 
There is one body, one spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who is over all and through all and in all. To each of us, grace has been given. Lord, I thank you for grace that you've invested in us. Thank you, Lord, that we're not trying to become temples of the Holy Ghost. We are. Thank you that the presence of the living God dwells in us and has made us home in us. Lord, that as we focus on our relationship with you, and our relationship with your church and what you're doing in the earth. You bring transformation. Kingdom order, your government of peace. But here's the thing. You focus on connection and he will do the housework. Thanks, God. I just break the power of any lying accusation that's been hassling people in this room saying you just need to get to the edge you just need to pull back you just need to withdraw you just need to hide in your cave and keep yourself safe I pray right now that the truth of your word that you have put us together and though there's a battle around that Lord you give us wisdom discernment and victory as we align with you thank you Lord thank you Lord I'm going to hand back to Jordan if you'd like prayer, if you feel like the enemy's been pushing you back into a cave, isolating you, telling you lies about people, making you feel scared about connecting, any of that, I'd love to pray with you. Then, I mean.